Father, we thank for Lord that we can sing that with a surety, knowing that you are alive. You're living within us today in our hearts and lives. We can say that we know who Jesus is. He's more than just a story. He's more than just a, a, a thing of history, someone in history written down in the annals of history. But he's alive today, living in us, dwelling in us, breathing in us, Lord. A God who's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Lord, we commit this service to you, Lord, everything to be said and done. We just ask that you would have complete control, that you would speak to us, that you would assure us, Lord, of your presence, that you are, Lord, who you say you are. We thank you for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Let's turn to John chapter 8 and verse 28. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Then said Jesus unto them, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall you know that I am He, and that I do nothing of myself. But as my Father has taught me, I speak these things. And He that sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone, for I do always those things that please Him. And as He spake these words, many believed on Him. Then said Jesus to the, to the Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Amen. We'll let you be seated this evening. <clears throat> Amen. Just continuing on the thought of blessed, but I want to speak tonight on blessed to know the truth. Amen. We can say we're truly blessed. Amen. Not that it makes us anything higher than anybody else, but amen, it does make us somebody higher than anybody else. Amen. To have that that assurance in our heart to know that what we have thought of and what we long for and what we see is the truth. Amen. You shall know the truth. You know, what, you know, this question is, what is truth? And, you know, Pilate asked this standing before Jesus as he was as he was looking at the very god of truth because you know truth is not you know just information that's not what we're going to talk about tonight is that's not what we're we're looking for you know some, somebody said well i know truth you know i know the truth and they think of it in the thought of just having uh, more knowledge of the bible or more amen or more understanding and and i believe there is godly revelation but the revelation is not more of creeds and dogmas the revelation that we're seeking is truth and truth is not just facts or information Truth is a person. Amen. If you know him, then he shall make you free. Amen. And, and, and as, as Pilate is looking at this person, and he said in, in, in John chapter 18 and verse 35, he asked, you know, he asked, asked the question, you know, am I a Jew? Thine own nation and chief priests have delivered thee unto me. What hast thou done? And Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. For if my kingdom were of this world, then my servants would fight. 
And that I should not be delivered to the Jews, but now is my kingdom not come from hence. And Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? And Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I unto the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. And everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. Heareth my voice. And then Pilate asked this question, What is truth? And here he's standing before the very God of truth. And, you know, and he had put all the information and, you know, all the facts together that had been brought to him by the others, you know. And, and if we would back up just for a moment and we would look right just a few verses before that as they brought Jesus to Pilate and, and they brought him to be judged. And they had all these facts and what he said and what he'd done and all the things that, that, that he had done. And here Pilate's looking at him and, 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 he's, and he comes to Jesus and he asks him in verse 32. He asked him, are you the king of the Jews? And I love Jesus' answer. He says, is this thing of thyself or did others tell thee of me? In other words, is this a personal revelation to you or did you just get this second-handed? Is this something that was just passed down to you? Are you listening to other, what other people say? Or is this something that is coming from you that you see me and you understand? See, God wants us to have more than just a second-handed revelation. That's not the truth that we're looking for. That's why we would say that God don't have grandchildren because, amen, the truth is not being passed down generation to generation. Because we know how truth can be just passed down, you know, just facts and history. As we look at facts today, some of them, amen, have been passed down and this has changed, this has changed. And before you know it, you get so far from the truth. And that's what we don't want in the hour that we're living in. We don't want just pass down facts. We want to know the God of the truth. We want to know the God of the Bible. Amen. And this is what he is asking him. Have you learned this or is it just a second-handed revelation? Or is it a perfect revelation from God? And, and then Pilate asking, that, what is truth? He, he, came, he gave the answer to Jesus. I don't even know. I, I don't even know what I'm talking about. I don't, even know what, I don't even know what to believe. And many people in this time are coming to this conclusion. They have judged Christ. They have heard the things that he'd done years ago. They have seen things happening and they're beginning to ask what is truth but there is truth amen there is a god but that's that's why our revelation should not be just based upon information or or based upon facts you know facts are like a bunch of just a pile of bricks just a pile of bricks laying out here and or you know you could take this whole thing that you know consists of this building consists of maybe more than there's not a brick on this building that I know of there's rocks and there's sheetrock and there's carpet and there's concrete and there's metal studs and there's wires and there's all kinds of things and you could put them in a pile and that would be facts you know you could have them in a big old pile but you wouldn't know what the facts were it would just be a bunch of conglomerated bunch of mess but if somebody can look in there that knows what that is and they begin to place the concrete here and they place this here and they place that and the first thing you have then the first thing you know you have what that was all the facts has now made the truth and the, and the facts are nothing but a bunch of bricks but uh, but when you take those bricks or you take that concrete and you put it in its right place and it's right thing then you can have the truth you can have the person you can have what it's supposed to be amen and this is what the bible is it's a, a lot of facts there's a lot of things there but we want to know what it makes 
who it is. Amen. It's more than just this letter here, this over here, this piece of carpet here, or this, uh, this building product, product here. We want to see the whole thing of it, the whole picture of it, and to have the truth of it. And then the truth shall set you free. Amen. And, and you know, to know the truth, you have to be born of the truth. Amen. This is what he would say over and over as brother, as, as Jesus would even say, I am the way, the truth and the life. And no man can come into the father, but by me, they have to be born of the truth. Amen. Born of the spirit of God. You cannot know things, the supernatural without being born of the supernatural. A natural man with natural abilities and a natural mind cannot put together all the things that make up the supernatural and make it make sense. It does not make sense to the natural mind. A supernatural God does not make sense to this natural mind. Amen. You know, it does not make sense how that all the things that are here, and how we can put, you know, you can't, you, with our natural mind, there's struggle. You know, I just read the other day that just this last year, they found 700 new species and they figured out and, and they think they got everything figured out and they're still finding new species. And they think they got God figured out and they're still finding things that came from him. Let there be. And they're still finding that out 6,000 years later. And they think they know the truth and they're still finding all these things out. Come on, somebody. You cannot know God with your natural mind or your intellectual faith. It has to be a supernatural faith. It has to be a faith that goes beyond what you think or you can see or you can smell or you can feel or you can hear. Amen. It takes faith and action. It takes a faith. Amen. A strong faith. Amen. To believe the things that we believe. But to know him is life. Not to know creeds or to know dogmas or to know a way of living or a a learned way of life. Amen. If all you have is something that's been passed on down from your mama and your daddy, that's not life. To know Christ is life. Amen. To not, to know even like tabernacle is not life. Amen. To know him. Amen. You know, Brother Brother Branham, you can search through the message and you can never find where Brother Branham was ever pointing anybody to himself. Or pointing anybody to a building or pointing anybody to a creed. He was always pointing people to him. Know the truth and the truth shall set you free. You know, many can go and learn a catechism and think they got life. Many can learn the Bible and think they got life. Many can know the doctrines of a church and think they got life. Those things are good, but you have to know him personally. Personally, a personal individual savior, that is life and that alone. Amen. It's good to know the Bible. It's good to know the books. It's good to know a doctrine. All that is a sideline. This is a quote. All that is a sideline, but to know him is to know life. This is what we want to know. We want to know the truth. The truth is him. Hallelujah. For he that heareth my words and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death into life. Amen. Jesus made those statements and those are words that after this moon and stars and earth and everything's gone, them words will still be in effect. Why? Because you knew him. That's why you got eternal life. 
Not because you knew a creed. Not because you knew the message. Not because you knew a good idea. Because you knew him. So it's not on intellectual abilities. You know, we can stop and speak of Elijah. Nobody knew where Elijah came from. He just here appeared on the scene. Prophets through the ages were nobodies. It took, you know, God bypassed the ethics of the church and the teachings to show that he's God. He'll take something that's nothing and do something with it. Hallelujah. He shows his wisdom and his Godhead. When he does that, he takes something that's nothing. And then he makes it, he first made a man. He took a ball of clay and made a man out of it. Amen. He was took nothing but clay and he made a man. God takes nothings and does something with them. And as long as we think we're something, then we can't be used of God. But we have to forsake everything that we ever knew or ever learned. As Paul said, he said, I forget all that I ever learned that I may know Christ. That I may know him. He had to forget all of his schooling, all of his teachings and so forth. And working it all out. And he finally, he denied it all that he might know Christ. You know, in Jesus' day as he's speaking, and we'll go back to our open scripture in a few moments. As he's speaking to them, they'd had all the schooling. They'd read all the scriptures of this very promise. Over and over, they'd read them in their synagogues. But about the, he, not one of his bones was broke or he was wounded for our transgressions. And here he came, the written word now made flesh. And all their schoolings didn't, they couldn't, they couldn't see him. They didn't know him. Oh, they knew a truth. They knew laws. They knew, they knew God as he would go through the laws and things. But when he came here in his flesh, they didn't know him. They, 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 and he turned, and Brother Ram said that the schooling that was training them, supposed to train them to believe him, turned around and became his most critical enemy. Hello, somebody. The very ones that had been schooled and, 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 and thought that anyone, if anybody would know who he would be, would be those who had read the scriptures and they turned around and became his critical enemy and crucified him. And he said, do you know history repeats itself? It's a noted fact. It could happen right now, right with us, he says. If you want to know, he said, well, if I'd have lived then, I'd have known him. He said, if you want to know what you'd have done then, look at your present state now. And we said, well, if I know the truth, I'd have known the truth then. If you don't know him now, you wouldn't have known him then. Amen. You'd have seen what you'd have done then because it's certain of revealing itself. He said they were trained to believe the word. They were preachers. They, they were, they, when his word was vindicated for their very eyes, they denied the word that had been made vindicated. Listen, these people were, were just, that was believing on him as he said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. They had seen the truth vindicated. Come on, somebody. They had seen the blind healed. They had seen, they, they had seen the lame walk. They had seen him do things that only God could do. Come on now. And they had seen him prove it over and over and then turn around and say it's an evil spirit. Turn around and say it's nothing but a bunch of lies. 
Turn around and bring false accusations again. We'll find out in a minute. Amen. Think of what took place. Think of what caused them. Their training caused them to not recognize the very word that was made flesh in their day. I'm afraid we became too trained in this message. We've been trained on theologies and trained on doctrines. But do we know him? Do we know him when he comes in our midst? Or do we call it a bunch of holy rollers? Do we know him when he comes down and he heals our sick and he, and he touches our lives? Or do we just cast it off as just a bunch of worked up emotion? Do we truly know him? Listen, these people did not know enough about the presence of God. Even even being in their synagogues to where the very presence, present God could walk in their place and they not know him. Amen. Their training calls direct, not recognize the very word made flesh in their day. The very training they had in their schools, the very best of teachers. You say, well, I wouldn't do that. We wouldn't do that today. He said their teachers were far supreme to ours today, superior. Amen. And they failed. They didn't have 900 or nine. And he said they didn't have 996 different organizations as we have today. Now understand there's about 40,000. They had three. They had three. And and all the way and not one of the three recognized it. Just shows you what man does is foolishness to God. They failed to recognize it. The attention was good. It's always good, he said. And man can never change his posture. He never changes his way much. He said, I'm talking to the men of this world. Man is always praising God, religious men, for what he's done and pointing to people what he's going to do, but ignoring what he's doing. That's just man. He's made that way. Amen. He said he just don't see him when he comes by. And he says, as you Bible readers tonight know, that's according to the word. They're always praising God for what he's done, saying what he will do, but ignoring what he's doing. That's just the habits of men. And he said the reason that they did this, the teachers, to my opinion now, they had interpreted the word and they all believed in the coming Messiah. All Israel believed in it. They do yet today, but the reason they didn't recognize him because his message wasn't according to their ecclesiastical fit. He didn't come according to their filter. Amen. To their way of thinking, the way they thought it should happen and the way they had it all figured out and how they had the facts and how they had it all put. Oh, surely if he's going to come, he's going to come out of the skies and he's going to bring a trumpet sound and, and he's going to blow it and he's going to roll the red carpet out. He's going to come right down to Sky Ephesus and say, here I am. But that was so far from the way he came. He came as a baby born in a manger and they could not recognize him. And the same thing is being repeated today. They think, well, God would do it this way. Surely it would come through some great denomination or some great movement or some way he did. He came through the greatest movement ever. And they still don't recognize him. Hallelujah. Because it don't come according to their ecclesiastical fit, their interpretation of the word. The Messiah never manifested himself in the way they had interpreted he would do. Amen. So therefore they did not recognize him because it didn't fit to their interpretation. 
Whose interpretation? Man's interpretation. That's what gets us in all the trouble. Man's interpretation. Amen. You know, he, he said, God doesn't need anyone to interter- interpret his word. He's his own interpreter. He interpreted it by fulfilling it and he fulfilled it. Amen. Amen. He brought it to pass. You know, you know, Brother Brandon would say, he said, I'm not against education. Education's all right. But people get so highly educated till they think they know more about it than God does. Amen. Then they missed the goal. They've forgotten all. You've got to forget all you ever knew to own, to, in your own knowledge to know Christ. You must come childlike and accept him. Childlike and accept him. That's the way you accept God. And the more simple you get, the more humble. Get away from yourself, your own ideas. Just take God's word for what it's worth and believe it. And it's by faith that these things come, not how you can figure it out. Hallelujah. Amen. There's never been a man in the world, no saint, no one that's ever figured God out. So don't think that you can do something you can't do. It can't be. No one has been able to figure God out. You just have to believe him for when he says what he says, he will do what he says. Amen. That's the cry that ought to be in every heart. I want to know Christ. Not just the message. I want to know Christ. And when I say the message, the message is Christ. But when I say not to just know the message, not just to know another creed or another dogma or another interpretation of some man. I want to know him. And he knew him in the power of his resurrection. Amen. Let me back up. He said, that's the cry is to know Christ. He said, I believe Paul said to know Christ is life. And he said, how do you know him? He knew him in the power of his resurrection. Not to know him by word. Not to know him by word. That's all right. But it's, long, it's a long ways from being sufficient to know him by word. You got to know him by the person of his resurrection. That there's not just word, it's not just dead letter. There's a power in that word. There's a power in that when God comes in the midst of his people. People say, well, we got the word and the word, and they sit there as a bunch of, a, bunch of dead sticks. There's nothing that awakens on the inside of them. That's not to know Christ. That's to know another creed. That's to know, you're just good. You're just made to be your church of Christ, is what you are. To know Christ is to know life. I don't care if I know my ABCs. I want to know Christ. Amen. That's, I, I, I might not know all the theology. I want to know Christ. I might not ever know the president, whether he's a good man or a bad man, but I want to know Christ. Christ is life. Amen. To know the president or to know, is a, to know this other is prestige and the celebrity and this, that, and the other. I don't care about that. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. If it don't, if this word don't produce the same thing it did in Jesus, that it took a cold, dead, stiff body out of the grave and brought it to life again, I don't want to know it. But it will produce the same thing. That's the Christ I long to see. That's the Christ the world is longing to see. They've seen enough of religion. 
Amen. Bishop of a Methodist church over in India came to Brother Branham. Says, you know, Brother Branham, we don't expect you as a missionary. We don't expect you to come. I just we want we don't want to hear of the word missionary because you people in the West with your Western education does not understand the scripture in the light of the Oriental book. That's true with all of our theology. He said, if you ever go to Jerusalem or the Eastern country where the Bible was written, it'll become a brand new book to you. Our Western ideas are far from their Eastern ways. Can't understand the parables and so forth, the teaching until you go there and see some of the same customs lived out today. He said, I have nothing against seminaries and students and monasteries and so forth. All of that, they, but they'll never know God. It's only knowing a catechism or a creed or so forth. To know God is to know the person. Christ himself to know him as life, not to know a textbook, not to know a creed, not to know a catechism as life. It's to know the Christ, the person is life eternal. That's what we wish to know. And he said, the bishop said to me, he said, Reverend Branham of theology, we've had the Bible a thousand seven hundred years before you as a nation. That's right. St. Thomas went down. I stood in the church, preached where St. Thomas, the original church, he established in India and went down from Jerusalem to India and established church. We've had the Bible ever since then. We've had Christianity and it's at a low ebb in India. He said, and he said, we've heard of Dr. Reedhead and the man that come with you as president of Great Sudan Missions, greatest in the world. He said, Brother Branham, I've got enough degrees that I could plaster a wall with, a doctor of theology, a bachelor's degree, all kinds of degrees. said, I've studied since I was eight years old. But Brother Branham, where is Christ in all of it? Has the teachers been wrong? I said, yes, the teachers hasn't been wrong. But what it is, you'll never know Christ by theology. You'll never know Christ by education. Listen, we can't educate you in the message enough to know it. Let's get you to where you know Christ. <laughs> You've got to know Christ by a personal experience of being born again. Hallelujah. Amen. No wonder the devil is against the new birth experience. No wonder he's trying to bring teachers in our midst and say it don't happen like it did on the day of Pentecost anymore. No wonder he's trying to bring people in our midst, false teachers that say, amen, all the things we got today is just a bunch of Jimmy Swagger. I uh, call people down the altar and there's nothing to it. Amen, the, the move of the Holy Ghost is nothing but a bunch of, uh, just a bunch of hearsay. They saying that today. In this message. In this message. Why? Because they've never had that personal experience. They might have been educated into it. They might have learned it or had a learning. Amen. That educated them to where they puff themselves up to be able to make their own videos or do this or do that. Amen. But they've never been in the presence of that pillar of fire. They've never been there for themselves. You know, I'd, I'd have to have, I want to have the attitude. Brother Brandon would have, say, you know, somebody would have, he said, a certain amount of faith. He said, maybe I don't have that kind of faith, but I wouldn't want to keep them from having that kind of faith. So if somebody ain't got the faith that God still moves, why do they want to keep other people from receiving it? I ought to show you what kind of spirit it is. 
Amen. He says, a personal experience to be born again of his spirit, his Holy Spirit, that comes down and changes your life and makes you a new creature in Christ Jesus. That's what's the difference. That makes the difference of you. That's the reason we've had so many different denominations and theories. Why? They've never been born again. That's the real thing. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, said in St. John, except a man be born again of water and spirit, he will no wise enter into the kingdom. No matter what church you go to, that's Jesus Christ's words. What does born again mean? To be delivered from. Mm, 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 mm. Unless you're delivered by the Holy Spirit in your new life to a new life in Christ and our creeds and things are no good. They're all right. They're moral teachings and so forth which help us. But the real person is Jesus Christ. So let's look back at our open scripture. John eight thirty one. Then Jesus said to these Jews which believed on him. Some that believed. This could be the truth. You know, as we would call them sympathizers. The same ones that held around Noah for a little while. The same ones that held around with Moses for a little while. Same ones that held around with Joshua for a little while. Amen. It's now hanging around here. Same spirit. I believed on him. If you continue in my word, then you're my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Amen. When did, when, did the, when did the disciples, when did they come to their moment? Was that the day of Pentecost? Then they knew the truth. And, amen. Then they answered and said, well, we be Abraham's seed and we're not bondage to any man. Well, we ain't got nothing to be delivered of. What are you talking about? You know, we're free, we're free. And the whole time, bound as they could be. How sayest then you shall be made free? And Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. Uh-oh. He went right down to the problem. He went right down to the problem just like he did to those that brought that woman caught in the very act of adultery. The, they, the difference was they had the facts, but they brought the facts to the truth. Amen. Amen. The truth bent down and he wrote all the facts. Amen. You know how it is when they come to bringing someone before judgment. This one has their facts and this one has, and you can't, you don't even know what the truth is unless you can get it all together. Amen. And when they brought the facts to Jesus, Jesus wrote some more facts. You got sin in your life. You got sin in your life. You got things you've been doing. And he wrote it in the sand and this stone fell and that stone fell and that stone fell. And then the truth looked at her and said, woman, where's your accusers? Truth had spoken. Hallelujah. Amen. Facts may say that you once were a drunk. Facts may say you once were this or you once were that or a prostitute. Facts may call you all kinds of things. But let's get all the facts. So the truth can speak. And when the truth speaks, you'll be free from that thing. Hallelujah. All those stones will drop away. You'll be delivered. This is what he says. What is the Holy Ghost? It is to be delivered from. Be born again. People say, I got the Holy Ghost and they're still in their sin. You ain't got the Holy Ghost. 
You got a creed, you got a dogma, you got all whatever, you got a way, you know, a fairly good way of living, maybe a great way of living, but it's only going to get you so far. Come on. He said, the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth ever. If the son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. So if the son comes into this house, you're free forever. Oh, glory. Tell that devil that. Amen. There's a different son here today. He said, I know that you're Abraham's seed, but you seek to kill me because my word hath no place in you. I speak that which I've seen with my father, and you do that which you have seen of your father. They answered and said, well, Abraham's our father. Jesus said unto them, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man that has told you what? The truth, which I've heard of God, this did not Abraham. You do the deeds of your father. Then said they, we be not born of fornication. Uh-oh, they're trying to bring some facts out. Jesus, we ain't born of fornication, but you on the other hand. You did this and you, you came this way. Did you know your history? Did you know all about this? <laughs> Come on. And we have one father, even God. And Jesus said, if God were your father, you would love me. That's the truth. For I proceeded forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Even because you cannot hear my words. Why? Because something else was filtering through their ear. They was filtering everything he heard. They heard from Jesus through another thing somewhere, through a thought or a doubt that he was born of fornication. So everything he would say would come through that filter. And they would look at him and look at him and disdain on him and mock him and then be calling call Beelzebub because there ain't nothing but a devil could have a past like that. Come on now. Why? Because something was in their ear. You know, Brother Branham talks about deafness. He said, what is it? He said, a spirit gets on that drum and closes it off. It happens with spiritual ears as well. Amen. He would say, to he that hath an ear, let him hear what the spirit says. He said it after every church age. But not everyone in that church age heard what the spirit was saying. They heard creeds. They heard dogmas. They heard what the Roman Catholic Church was putting out. They heard all kinds of things. What their denomination, but they didn't hear what the spirit, even though they may have heard it, they didn't hear it. Because there was something else sitting there filtering, twisting it. Just like he did to Eve. Just twist it just a little bit. Take the truth and twist it. Just a little bit. He says, I tell you the truth and you believe me not. Let me go back up a little bit. You cannot hear my word. Verse 44 Then he brings the truth out. Ye are of your father, the devil. These are one that believed on him. Hello. Well, I thought I believed the message. I'm okay. Do you know him? There's a lot of people that's going along life and they've been believing and believing and believing. And they're realizing maybe I don't believe what I thought I believed. I'm hearing too many other things now, and I'm doubting, and I'm unbelief setting in. 
But once it's ever been on the inside of your heart, there ain't nothing going to take it out. It won't no longer be a secondhand story somewhere. What mama did or what daddy did or what this did or that. No, it's what God did for me. How God changed my heart. And the lust of your fathers you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaketh of his own for he is a liar and the father of it. And because I tell you the truth, you believe me not. Which of you convinced me of sin? And if I say the truth, why do you not believe me? He that is of God heareth God's words. Ye therefore hear them not because you're not of God. Then answered the Jews and said them, Say well not well that thou art a Samaritan and has a devil. And Jesus answered, I have not a devil, but I honor my father, and you do not dishonor me. I seek not my own glory. There is one that seeketh and judges. Verily, verily, I say unto you, if a man keep my sayings, if he keeps his truth, he shall never see death. Then said the Jews unto him, How we know that thou hast a devil. Abraham is dead and the prophets, and thou sayest, A man keeps my saying, He never tastes death. Art thou greater than our father Abraham, which is dead? And the prophets are dead. What makest thou thy, who makest thou thyself? And Jesus answered, If I honored myself, my honor is nothing. It is my father that honoreth me, of whom you say that he is your God. Yet you have not known him, but I know him. And if I should say I know him not, I shall be like like a liar unto you, but I know him and keep his saying, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. And he saw it and was glad. And the Jews said, thou art not yet 50 years old and hast thou seen Abraham? And Jesus said, verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. Before Abraham was, I am. Then they took up stones to stone him. The very one that would a few chapters earlier was raising the dead, healing the sick, opening the blinds of the eye, eyes of the blind, doing all these things. And now they're picking up stones to stone him. Went out of the temple, but he, Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them and so passed by. How could they get there? After all they had seen, after all the signs and wonders, the blind saw, as we said, the deaf heard, the lame walked. I mean, he took bread and break it. And as Brother Branham said, he didn't even have to go grow wheat, go through the process of harvesting it, bake it. He took bread and broke it. And there was another piece of bread. He took fish and broke it. And there was another piece of fish. Think of all the things they saw. And here they come. And they don't know who he is. They get down to Matthew 21 and verse 1. Brother Bradham types this. Again, to the coming of the Lord. He said, when he drew nigh to Jerusalem and would come to Bethpage under the Mount of Olives, then sent Jesus two disciples saying to them, go into the village over against you and straightway you'll find an ass tied and a colt with her, loose them and bring them unto me. 
And if any man say all unto you, you shall say, The Lord hath need of them, and straightway he will send them. All this was done that it might be fulfilled that was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell ye, the daughter of Zion, behold, thy king cometh unto thee, meek, sitting upon an ass, and a colt, the foal of an ass. And the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them, and brought the ass and the colt, and put them their clothes that they shall, they set him on their own. And a very great multitude spread their garments in the way. Others cut down branches from the tree and strawed them in the way. And the multitudes that went before and that followed cried saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he came into Jerusalem, all the city was moved saying, who is this? What? Scripture's being fulfilled. Things are happening that the prophets have spoke about. Being fulfilled right before their eyes. Plus all what they saw before. And they're asking, who is this? After all he had showed and demonstrated. After all the hearts have been discerned. After all the blind given their sight, eyeballs created, deaf heard, and here comes the truth. And all they could see it was through their filters of their denominations, through their filters of their unbelief. All they could see was just a man, a donkey, and a few people hollering. And here comes the very king of glory fulfilling scripture, and they didn't know who he was. They couldn't see the truth for the facts. Come on now. They couldn't see the truth for the facts. All the things that had been told about him. Oh, he did this. He left his people over here. And he done all, and he was born illegitimate. Do you know his mama, you know, conjured up kind of story of meeting an angel. And, you know, and they wasn't even there. But yet they got all the facts. They could tell how it happened and what he'd done. And he's born of fornication and they got it all figured out. And they wasn't even there. Sounds like a lot of people in this day. Got all kind of facts figured out. But after all the things that we have seen in our generation. All the hearts has been discerned. Time after time. Listen, this message that we believe is not just vindicated. It's over vindicated. It ought to be something anybody could believe. I mean, it's been put out there so wonderfully through scripture and through vindication. There shouldn't nobody have an argument, but they was having an argument right there. Who is this? Who is this? How? How could they get here? In the time, the feast of the Passover which had been ordained of God to the Jews all the way in the early ages of their history. It was to be a sacrificial lamb that was to be killed and the atonement made for the sins of people. This being done annually every year taking place. But this time was a special occasion because the lamb of God was coming. There's going to be a little something different going on. You know, that's usually... Where we have services, he says we have regular services and our worship, pay our tithes, gather in our churches, fellowship with our people. But you know, when Jesus comes 
It always makes it special. This ought to have been a special day beyond any day before. Beyond any feast before, this might have been so wonderful. Not only did we just say, it's not just a woolly lamb. We have the lamb of God. Going to be offered that we could be free. That we could be delivered. This ought to have been such a rejoicing in their hearts to realize our time of slavery is just about over. But all they could see was the faults and the failures and the mistakes and the problems and the things that were going on. And yeah, yeah, and about this and yeah, yeah, and about that. And when he came down, they had to ask the question, who is this? Ought to have been great expectations. The air should have been charged, seemed to be charged. He said that would almost parallel, parallel the time now. The air ought to be charged with the expectations of his second coming. There are many in this city that knew nothing about it. If they had knew about it, they would have went on to just any other day. But they were just continuing in their own things, in their own ways, in their own ideas. And they got so caught up in that that they didn't know him when he came. And it's going to be repeated again in this day. People are so caught up in Laodicea. They got to go do this. They got to go do that. They got to go do this. And he comes service after service after service. And they don't know. They miss him. And one day, they're going to miss him. Oh, I knew the message. I, I knew the prophet. I, I, I knew. I, I, was, I knew the disciples. I, I, I knew. But all of a sudden, he's come, gone, and they missed him. And it's being repeated again. That's why you don't get caught up in the distractors. Don't be caught up in the critics. If you really know who he is, you keep your eyes on Jesus. If you really know who he is and has been personally revealed to you, amen, you ought to keep your eyes on the sky because he's coming. It's not just a fairy tale. It's not just an air castle. It is the truth. He declared he was coming. Hmm. Oh, there were some who believed on him. There were some that knew him. They were expecting him to come. And something was special happening. Something was taking place. He said, because Jesus cannot come to anything unless something special takes place. There's also always something new when he appears. And they were char- those that knew him were charged with expectation. But the bad thing about all of this, there were many that didn't see him. There were many that didn't know him. And it's one of the saddest things about today. There'll be many who won't see him when he comes. There'll be many that come show up at this door and we're gone. I hope it's not too many. God. God help us to keep our eyes on what's really important. He said, I want you to know this beforehand by the word of the Lord. By the word of the Lord. We should pray 
every hour of our life making ready for that great event. Come on now. While our air is charged with His presence, while we're believing, He said the anointed minister of the gospel are sending out thunderbolts of warning. We should be prepared for any minute for that blessed event that when He comes, we know Him. Amen. When He appears, we know Him. Amen. We, when, when He comes, we will see Him coming and we'll be caught up to meet Him in the air. There's many that didn't see Him. And while they were waiting, He said, I suppose since the break of day, He said, this little congregation gathered from place to place to the city. They were discussing, I wonder if He'll be here at the Passover. And He said, but I can hear a truthful minister get up and say, yes, congregation, we can look for Him because He's a lamb. Someone inspired by the Holy Spirit who knew God, knew His scriptures, knew the truth knew the fulfilling of his word he'll be here without a shadow of a doubt for he is the Passover lamb then you can imagine when this congregation gathered and that little congregation by the gate and after a while they said he might come through this gate or he might come through that and he might come there but he's coming whether he comes today in this cloud or he comes on a horse makes no difference to me how he comes but I'll see him when he arrives Hallelujah, they were waiting with anticipation. The ceremonies were getting ready to start. The water was being poured from the rock where the congregation was coming to worship. Each congregation was gathered. The Pharisees in their corner, Sadducees in their corner. It was a binding that's taking place and there's a binding that's taking place today. Unbelievers are being bound together. Make believers are being bound together, but the true believers are also being bound together. Hallelujah. But somewhere scattered among all those groups was the little church of the living God paying no attention to what was going on around them, but waiting for his appearing, waiting for that blessed moment. And while the rest of them were just interested in the ceremonies and the feasts and the religious rituals, but the Spirit of God had charged some hearts to know he's coming soon. He's coming soon. He's coming soon. I wonder if there's any hearts charged here with that tonight. Has your hearts been charged with society and living and all these things that's going on in the world? Or is your heart charged with him? I know him. I know he's a man of truth. And I know he said what he said. And I believe he's going to do what he said. He said he's coming back for me. I'm getting my wedding garments on. I'm going to stand by the road. I'm going to be watching for his coming. Because one day I'm going to hear that old wagon whirling. Hallelujah. The dead in Christ is going to rise. And I'll be changed to be just like him. It's more than just a story. But it's the truth that's going to set us free. They were waiting. All of a sudden at the top of the hill... Come one sitting on a little white mule, come slowly towards the gate. People begin to scream, break off branches, throwing their garments down. Hosanna to him that cometh in the name of the Lord. And this little mule moving forward, fulfilling the scriptures, the prophet has spoke. Your Lord cometh to you, meek and lowly, sitting on a, on a little mule riding. And the day while the church is waiting, one of these days coming down from the sky, he'll come riding on a white horse. 
You notice that's white, always represented a little white mule he came foreshadowing his coming, riding on a charger with his vesture dipped in blood. The name of him called the word of God. That's him coming now. And little groups have gathered, watching, waiting for his appearance. And what a rejoicing it'll be when we go forward, breaking off the branches, screaming, Hosanna to him that cometh in the name of the Lord. It'll give such a stir amongst the people. And he said, this one will say, who is this coming? Bethel to say, who is that? And this one to say, who is that? This one to say, that. Well, well, I thought I knew this. I thought I knew that. Who is this? But he said, so that you may know, just before the coming of the Lord, he sent the Holy Ghost to his church. And the Holy Ghost has been a witness of his resurrection. And it's proved in our lives, he lives. And he's coming. (laughs) It is the earnest, the down payment of our inheritance. Hallelujah. And he's seeing it. And as we see the church making itself ready, making itself ready, abstaining from fornications, abstaining from idolatry, abstaining from lasciviousness and the works of the flesh, we, the church of, the, of God, see the little congregations get together and they stop their drinking, they stop their lying, they stop their tattling, they stop everything in the flesh. They're making themselves ready and they start screaming to the tops of their voice, clapping their hands and shouting the victory. And these people say, who is this? They look in on us shouting and screaming because we've seen him come in our midst. And they say, who is this? Because they don't know him. No, they don't know him. They didn't understand it then. And they don't understand it now. He came meek and lowly. He came today to the poor and the afflicted. Where the rest of them say, and this is what they're saying today in message ranks. But this is a quote. There's no such a thing as healing. There's no such a thing as a baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's all nostalgia is what they're calling it. They look in on our youth camp and say it's just a bunch of nostalgia. It's nothing but Jimmy Swaggart uh, altar calls. They don't know him. And they're asking, who is this? And they'd be the same one sitting there as he come riding into Jerusalem and walk just a few minutes later and cry crucify. Because they don't know him. They say, who is this? They say, it's all a bunch of nonsense. There's nothing to it. But it's just the same. He come proving his resurrection. Every sign he did on earth, he's doing it right now in the form of the Holy Ghost. Hello, somebody. Every sign he did on earth, he's doing it right now in the the form of the Holy Ghost. That's the expectation among the people. And they're waiting for that great event of a soon approach. We know it won't be long until we see him, the one who loved us and the one we love. And we believe that it won't be long now until all things that were prophesied in the scriptures will be fulfilled. But there's some that the divided opinion saying, who is it? What's causing all the ruckus? 
What's, the call? What's this bunch of Galileans, holy rollers, screaming and carrying on like that? This is a direct quote. I can see all the good old disciples walk and say, don't you know, brother? This is the one the scriptures prophesy. This is the prophet of Galilee. This is the Jesus of Nazareth that has spoken of the scriptures. Don't you know what the scripture said? That he would come riding on the fold of an ass. He would come to his people. And that's the reason we're carrying on like this. Because we see him moving in our meetings. Oh my, we've seen him raise the dead. We've seen him heal the sick. We've seen him stand there and move upon the hearts and save the lost. And you don't know who he is. I just had a meeting there where Brother William Butts was with us and he sang that song. Fire shut up in my bones. His little brother that was over there was a very talented musician, man. He was doing like that woman, Brother Branham, talked about. If it had been four rows of keys, he'd have tore them all up. Very talented. And you feel people getting tight. I got up there and I said, you know, I got into the sermon. I said, you know, the reason this little brother could sing that, fire shut up in his bones wasn't too many months ago his mom was healed of cancer, was given a death sentence, and he saw God move on the scene. And if you saw the same God he saw, you could sing the same song he sang. It's fire shut up in my bones. They wonder why we get all crazy. They call it, call it holy rollers and run and dance and shout because he's come in our midst. It ain't because some man said some good words. It's because it's the truth. It ain't because it's a creed or a dogma. It's because the person has come in our midst and is doing the same signs by the Holy Ghost. Some say, well, it might be that he could be such a thing. How could this happen? Isn't it just the way they feel today? He says, what about all this? Is there such a thing as the Holy Spirit? What's my, these are questions. What is there such a thing as the Holy Spirit? What makes these people act the way they do? He said, why? It's a foretaste of glory divine. It's a power. It's the Holy Spirit that's here on earth representing Christ. It's just a shadow of what's coming. Mercy, God have mercy. Maybe I need to read that again. He says, what makes people act the way they are doing? He said, it's just a foretaste of glory divine. It's a power. It's the Holy Ghost that's here on earth representing Christ. It's just a shadow of what's coming. His coming. All these things was prophesied to take place just before he come again. And we see it, and that's why we're excited about it. Because he's doing what he said he would do. Because he said the truth, and he backs up the truth. He said, I'm a faithful and true witness, and amen. The amen of God. He don't back up nothing that's false. He backs up what's true. Makes no matter what anybody else say. People say today, what is, who is this? Who is that? 
They say, we don't know who he is, Jesus of Nazareth. Well, we'll go over and look, and look in our Bible dictionaries. We'll find out if he belonged to this denomination. We'll find out if he's a Pharisee, Sadducee, Herodian, whatever he might be. We'll look it up. They couldn't find no record of his schooling, any degree that he had. And then they come back again and said, who is he? He doesn't belong to our traditions. He isn't connected with any of our affiliations, with any of our beliefs. He has no degrees. We have no record of him going to school. He never was in seminary. He doesn't either claim to, on these books or them books. We don't see him anywhere. His own credentials was the works that God gave him to do. He done. He said, if I do not the works of God, then don't believe me. They had their own way of believing by man's credentials. But he was not known by man's credentials. And neither is he known by man's credentials today. Just because man says he's true, don't make him true. Because the same man will one day maybe say he's false. But he said it's true. And he don't change. And he cannot lie. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Let me finish this up. He says, he said, there's many of them today that don't claim him to be divine. They got them today too. They just claim he was a good man, had good teachings. Some of them believe he's just a prophet. There's those who go beyond that boundary and believe him to be God, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. That he wasn't just a prophet, he wasn't just a man, he wasn't just a teacher, a good man. He was the divine Jehovah God living in the body of flesh. You'd ask me who this is? That's what my opinion of who he is. He's God manifested in the flesh to take away the sins of the world. Not just a man, not just a prophet, but Emmanuel, God with us. Then not only with us, but in us, through us, God in the midst of us. And if that's true, a supernatural God cannot change his nature to fit a people's nature. Therefore, a people must change their nature to fit a supernatural God, supernatural plan. That's why it takes a new birth to fit the natural, supernatural plan of Almighty God. You'll not know him by natural abilities. It's God in the midst of his people. And people cry, who is this? They don't understand it. But God will never come to your level. You'll have to come to his. God will not come to your requirement. You've got to meet God's requirement. And then when God, you met God's requirement, and you met upon a promise that God made to redeem people, if that requirement is met, then it, it, in, your entire being changes. Your thinking changes, your heart, habits change, everything about you change, your desires, your living, your habits, your change, everything about you change because it's not you living no more. It's a new life that lives on the inside of you. <laughs> Why would he say in the book of Revelations, these are the true sayings of God? I'm talking about you. Because now the truth is living on the inside of you. And if the truth is living on in the side of you, the truth can't deny the truth. It's so simple. 
The truth can't deny the truth. Amen. But he says, but it was so contrary to the religion of that day. These priests and rabbis stand around, begin to look around and scorn and make fun of all these people that was getting worked up. Said, make them hold their peace. We won't be able to hear what the doctor's going to say or Reverend Jesus is going to say. Make them hold their peace. Jesus, he said, I can see him turn and look at them and say, if they hold their peace, the rocks will immediately cry out. Something had to happen. Say, could the rocks cry out? The very God that created them was riding over the top of them. Why couldn't they cry out? He says, make them hold their peace. They couldn't hold their peace. And he said, that's the way it is today. You ready? Closing statements. When the congregation is gathered together, that foreshadow of his appearing, and the Holy Spirit begins to breathe upon them, and they see signs and wonders performed of the Holy Spirit, they cannot hold their peace. Something is going to cry out. Something is going to happen. The church may be saying, who is this? But we know who he is. We know what he done to us. Amen. The woman at the well, when she come to her personal revelation, there wasn't nobody else could talk her out of it. Come see a man who told me the truth. He told me who I was. Amen. Who I belonged to. I was always his. Come show, come see what he done. And when you look around and you see all, brother Joe, you see what God brought you from. Where he brought you from. Amen. All you other brothers out there, sisters out there, you know where God brought you from. It wasn't just something you learned to do and it become a learned or a, a better behavior. It wasn't, that wasn't what caught your attention. What caught you was the truth. Something, a voice speaking and that voice spoke to you and awakened something on the inside of you. And there wasn't enough devils that could hold it back. Life had to come forth. Amen. I want to understand there ain't enough. When we see the, the resurrection of Jesus Christ among us, there ain't enough critics can hold back the, the shout of Almighty God. There ain't enough devils that can press and hold you down and say this is just an ordinary service and say this is just going to be another night. But something on the inside of you say, I remember what he done for me and I know it's the truth. Hallelujah. Something's going to cry out. It ain't going to be, who is this? I know who Jesus is. He's the one that raises the dead. He's the one that heals cancer. He heals high blood pressure. He restores vision. He restores brain bleeds. He restores love. He restores bodies. Hallelujah. What you need to do is look at the devil and say, who are you? Who do you think you are? Challenging the armies of the living God. That's not by my mind. It's not by my power. But it's by his spirit. It's the truth that's living on the inside of me. That I look at a fact that says you're sick. And the truth will say I'm healed. Amen. You'll look at a fact and say you're bound. But the truth said I'm free. Amen. The fact says you was a drug or you was this or you was that. But the blood said, 
The truth says, I'm forgiven. The fact says, you were illegitimate born, and for a long time you misunderstood it and thought you could never make a rapture. But the truth said, I'm going in a rapture. I am the rapture. I can't miss a rapture. It's who I am. Hallelujah. That is the truth. Do you know the truth tonight? Do you know the truth tonight? Do you recognize him when the truth walks in the building? Hallelujah. He says, who is it that will come in a congregation and anoint one to speak in tongues and another interpret? Who is it that stands in an illiterate illiterate woman that can't read her name, stand on the anointing of the Holy Spirit and speaking words that she didn't know? And a Mexican raises up in the church and says, I understood every word of it, even called me by name and called me to repentance. God have mercy on my soul. Who is this? Who is it that can get an illegitimate farmer and can stand there in the inspiration and tell a man who he is and where he come from and what happened to him and what he must do and what's his outcome? The world cries out, who is this? What is this? Where did it come from? It's the Holy Spirit. It came from God. What did it come for? To prepare people. Amen. To get them in a heavenly atmosphere to desire to come up higher. Mercy. How are we getting people to desire to go even higher to a body change? And we're refusing them to get in the atmosphere of the Holy Ghost. But it's his spirit. He said, so when the spirit of God draws near, what will take place? When the truth comes in the building, what happens? Salvation will be introduced. And salvation will bring spiritual worship. Not, a, not just a singing of hymns altogether, but a worship in the spirit. It got to be so contrary to the intellect till it's stymied by it. You can't understand God by intellectual faith. You must be born again. It's got to come in the heart. It's got to be an experience. And when that experience is wrought by the Holy Spirit, then the same nature, the same power, the same action that happened in the church first will come again in the second. For it's God now dwelling in them the truth. Jesus said, a little while and the world won't see me no more, yet you'll see me, for I will be with you. The truth will be not just with you, but in you. (laughs) And then the works that I do shall you do also. Then when these works are produced in the church, it stirs the people. And the outside people, like they did there at that feast, they say, who is this? What's the matter with these people? When those Galileans saw him coming on that little mule, they screamed, they shouted, they carried on like a bunch of drunk people. And those priests said, make them hold their peace. He said, if they hold their peace, the rocks will cry out. He said, the same thing happened on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came in the people. They act like they were drunk. Even so much as they scoffed and made fun of them, said, these men are full of new wine. What is this? Who is this? And Peter said, you men of Jerusalem, you that dwell in Judea, let this be known unto you and hearken to my words, for these are not drunken as you suppose. But this is that which is spoken to the prophet Joel. It'll come to pass in the last day, saith God. I will pour out my spirit upon flesh. And when that same spirit is poured out upon a congregation of people, the same results will take place. 
For you cannot put the life of a grapevine in a pumpkin. It'll bear pumpkin or it'll be it'll bear grapes. But that fruit, they shall be known. The church is known and the wondering what, who is this? What's going on? They don't understand it because they don't know God. And when they see this coming to pass, exactly like God said, we're waiting. Now, what is it? The Holy Spirit is introducing Christ. Same glorious, some glorious day, not across the hillside riding on a mule, but coming out of glory will come the Son of God, wrapped in the righteousness of God's Spirit, called the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the Word of God He will be. And following Him through the skies will be 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands. The armies of heaven will come with Him. What a glorious time that will be. Singing? Oh, they'll be singing. Shouting? Oh, they'll be shouting. Sorrow? Yep, there's going to be sorrow. Crying? Yep, there's going to be crying. Weeping? Wailing? Yes, there's going to be weeping and wailing. You'll be represented in one of those groups, friends. So make your decision this morning. What group will you be with? Do you know who he is? Do you know truth? The person, Jesus Christ. Let's bow our heads. Unbelief doesn't stop God. It doesn't hinder Him. Brother Bliss proving His Word. He said, I don't care how much the world unbelieves or don't believe, it's still going to happen. Unbelief doesn't do nothing but condemn the unbeliever. The unbelief will send the unbeliever to hell. It'll rob him of every blessing that God promised to him. But it doesn't hinder God from going right on with the believer. Unbelief doesn't stop God. It only stops the unbeliever. Are you a believer tonight? Do you know truth? Do you know who Jesus is? Personal revelation to you. He's more than just a story. He's more than just words wrote on a paper. He's more than just red letters. It's a person. He wants to reveal himself to you. Every day of your life, change your nature. Change your heart. Change your thinking. Change what you dwell on. I wonder how many can say, Lord, fill every fiber of my body, of my being. Lord, fill every part, God. wonder how many were just, just talking to the Lord. Just say, Lord, God, help me keep my eyes on your coming. Help me just stay tuned in to your return. It's going to happen just like you said. Because it's the truth. Lord, you see the hands that were lifted all over this place. My hand too, Lord. Fill every fiber, Lord.
Every thought, bring it captive to your Holy Spirit. Lord, everything that I would ever do that would be not your will, God, may we just be a people that seek your face. Seek your will, Lord. Seek your way. Lord, there's so many that's fallen away, as it's said in the Word. Lord, they once held on. They once believed. But they didn't know truth. They didn't know you, Lord. They never had that experience, that seal on their heart. God, help us to seek that with our whole heart. As the Bible would say, make a call and an election sure. Lay it aside every weight and every sin that so easily beset us. Run this race that's set before us. Lord, as we are truly blessed to know you. Lord, I see a world around me that's dying, blinded, go all their days without hearing from you. Lord, we're blessed to hear your voice, to hear you speak, to hear your word revealed in this day. We're blessed. But Lord, may it be not something that just tickles our ears, Lord, or just gives us some It's a righteous way of living. But Lord, may it be something that seals us to the day of our redemption. Lord, as we see those that falls away and those that moves off and those that deny and those that walk away just like they did when you was here on earth. Lord, may it do nothing as that winds of doubt and unbelief blow. May it do nothing but just dig us deeper into your word. Into your presence, into you, Lord Jesus, with everything that we have, we go. Lord, and knowing that you're going you're gonna to finish this work. And there will be faithful people when you return. Bless these people today in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Take me in to the Hey.